fucking god. Oh my god, this motherfucker is motherfucking recording. Hey everybody, it is a your boy, Stu McAllister. What is going on? It is Monday, June 28th. We're almost done with this rainy-ass motherfucking month. I don't know where you live, but here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, it has been fucking 40 days and 40 nights, even though I know months don't have 40 days and 40 nights, but it has goddamn felt like it of nothing but rain and piss and water and shit, and I hate it. I hate it so much. Everybody was like, oh, it's been such a dry summer. When? When was it a dry summer? Because all I remember is it being cold because my goddamn furnace is kicking off in mid-goddamn June and raining goddamn fucking 18 feet of water. Just shit. I hate it. I hate it so fucking much. I hate it. I would like to take this time to apologize to the Patreon subscribers. This weekend was a bad, bad weekend for me uh, recording the Patreon because I recorded none. Did I record one Friday? No. Did I record one Saturday? No. Did I record one Sunday? No. So I would like to take this time to apologize to all the Patreon subscribers. You're all probably going, Stu, you owe me goddamn 63 cents. Fuck, that's how much I pay. Each goddamn fucking day, I pay fucking, uh, I don't know, like 21 cents a day. And you miss three days, motherfucker. You owe me 63 cents. And I wouldn't blame you if you said that. But you're not getting your 63 cents. <laughs> I didn't, I did not record the fucking Patreons because I was uh, consumed this week and consumed by the fire of professional wrestling, everybody. It, uh, it, I had not planned on it being that way. There was no intention on my part of it being a fucking wrestling weekend, but there it fucking was. It just turned out that way. I was um, originally only planned to go to see a show in Louisville, Kentucky, to go see the OVW promotion, the Ohio Valley Wrestling Promotion, because a friend of mine, she works... On the business end of it, she works for like, they do a school down there as well as a show. They do a weekly television show on Thursdays down in Louisville. So that's, I mean, is this big time? No, but is it fucking big? Fuck yeah, it's bigger than probably the promotion in your fucking local area because it's a weekly goddamn show. I don't think there's a weekly show uh, anyone anywhere here in Michigan, there isn't. I mean, there there might be a monthly promotion. Maybe every two weeks you might catch a promotion, but it's not even in the same place. OVW has their own fucking, they call it an arena. I wouldn't fucking call it an arena. But it's like a, it's a warehouse that they converted into this um, studio because it's set up for, for TV. They got a big ring in the middle and they got um, chairs kind of set up not like bleacher style but more like uh, arena style of just like there's levels of you know you go up so really no bad seats in this house and this place was pizzacked they sold out the show and i'm assuming there was five six hundred people there and i know i paid uh i think it was 
$20, I think, a ticket. Maybe it was $15. I knew, my friend gave me like her code. I could put a code in and I saved like 10% or whatever. So it wasn't like a shit ton. But, you know, I saved some money. So it was good. It was good. It was good. But I'll get to that. Because uh, first was the wrestling uh, promotion performing in Coldwater, Michigan. Have you guys heard of Coldwater? There's no fucking reason you should have heard of Coldwater, Michigan. It's a podunk little town right off uh, fucking, uh, was it 127? I think that's what it is. And, uh, no, no, it's not one. It's uh, fucking uh, 69, dude. 69, dude. And uh, the only reason you might know it is if you're a wrestling fan, Dan Severin, the Beast. MMA fighter, WWE legend. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't know if he's from Coldwater, but he had a school there for a hot minute, teaching people how to fucking do MMA and professional wrestling. So good for him. Uh, but we went down. I went down with my boy Iron Mike Bustler and his girlfriend Mel. The three of us went down to go see the grapples, to go see the wrestling. And the reason is because uh, we have a buddy who was doing a commentary for like their YouTube channel, uh, Chad Schultz. And, uh, you know, it's pretty amazing. Like, this is shit. Chad's like, Chad's like an open mic comedian guy. But he's really into the professional wrestling. He's one of those kind of nerds. Like, he knows shit. Like, I just enjoy it. Could I tell you people's names? No. Do I know history? No. Do I knew, know the storylines? Probably not, because I'm not incredibly invested. I'm, I'm there for the fucking show that night, that evening. Let's have a good time. But Chad's fucking into it. And somehow, he uh, got, got asked about working it he auditioned he he passed the mustard is it mustard or mustard do you pass the mustard or do you pass the mustard i always said mustard but then i'm like that doesn't really make sense so is it mustard i think it's mustard and i'm just an idiot and i've always said mustard pass the mustard like you're at the picnic and you want something on your hot dog and you're like pass the mustard so we went down to support to support and Mike and his girlfriend have been down to this promotion before. I think, you know, they're kind of just do a, a monthly promotion, monthly show. And so he had been there before. And he's like, yeah, they do it at a vape shop. <laughs> and I'm like, what? A vape shop? Like, how big is this fucking vape shop? And he's like, ah, you know, they got like a big spare room in the back, whatever. I'm like, okay, I guess. I mean, as long as there's enough room to put uh, a, a ring in. You know, I've seen shows in a bar before where there wasn't a ton of space, but they did it, and it was some of the best shows I've ever fucking seen. So we get down there, and we get to the vape shop, and we're walking in, and then I just see this, like, poorly handwritten sign out front that if you were driving past, you would notice that there was a sign there, but you would have been unable to read it because the, the, the writing was so small. There's no way you would have driven past it and been like, oh, that sign says wrestling here tonight or whatever. So I kind of was making fun of it, of like how unprofessional this fucking sign was. I mean, it's just telling me a whole lot about whatever this promotion is. But when we look closer at it, they're like, we have changed the venue because of uh, uh, seating capacity. It's like, oh, holy shit. But I was like, what? 
I mean, it was weird that they didn't post anything on the Facebook Evide or whatever, because, you know, I was uh, attached to that. That's how you can find out information and stuff. Because I was like, are they selling food or drinks or snacks or anything at this place? And Mike was like, probably not. And I'm like, you're leaving money on the table. Go to your fucking local Costco, Sam's Club, BJ's, fucking, I don't know, even Meyer or Walmart, and buy yourself, like, a fucking case of chips, a fucking case of soda, and fucking sell that shit, right? Fuck, buy beef jerky Mountain Dew. You would have been a fucking millionaire at this goddamn show. Bought, should have brought a couple tins of chaw, and you would have sold that, too. But uh, thankfully, the, the venue that they were now performing at was at was only like five minutes away. It was right down the road. And so we get there. We found it. It's like a the, the town's uh, community center, which to me seemed like it was probably a better venue. It, was, it just seemed a whole lot bigger uh, than what a vape shop would have prevented. You know, I mean, this is the kind of thing where... They had a stage, so if they were wanting to do theater shows, they had like little, uh, you know, portable basketball courts for kids. There were kids playing basketball up until showtime, like just taking shots. It was kind of weird. So when we get in, I had already purchased tickets in advance. I, apparently, I was only one of five people who did that because they had this list with my name on it. And it was so funny because we walked in, like, there was no one watching the door. There were. Like, three kids all huddle around, like, a phone watching YouTube videos or whatever. They didn't pay attention to me or Mike or Melissa. So we could all, we could all just have walked in and sat down uh, and no would have been any of the wiser. But, you know, we sat there. I'm like, hey, that is me on, on the list. They didn't fucking ask for any identification or anything. But uh, they put a huge X on my hand that it took me three days to wash off. I don't know what the fuck they used, but it was awful. And um, it's just steel chairs fucking lined up by the ring. And, and so we sat down. With, I mean, you're either front row or second row. There's no third row. <laughs> you are right there. Like, we paid extra money to be front row. We didn't need to pay extra money. We were fucking two feet closer to the fucking ring than the guy who paid like five bucks less. But whatever. Lesson learned. Don't don't buy front row seats ever. Okay. Don't don't ever fucking do it. It's a waste of your time. So uh, it's just it starts later than it should. It's a, it's a, not a well oiled machine, but whatever, whatever. It's you know this is podunk small town wrestling. I wouldn't expect it to run like a well oiled machine, and, and so I was not let down in that capacity. But uh, the show starts. There's a guy who comes out, very flamboyant character. That's the character he plays, and he's kind of like the ring announcer, the hype man, because you need to have one of those. He is the MC for the show. He's kind of introducing everybody to what it was. I had never been to the promotion. I didn't know any of these wrestlers other than the one headlining guy. I knew who he was, and I'll get to him in a hot second. So they're just bringing people out, and none of these people made me go, yeah, these these are the people that we're going to see on television one day. There was nobody like that. We're seeing a lot of new kids. There were some kids there who I think were probably not even 20 years old, young pups, young guys, and they were very tiny, very skinny. Like they, they were, There was like muscle tone to them, but it was like, are you guys on meth? Like There was no body fat or anything, but they weren't like fucking muscular at all. 
and they were playing like the bad guy characters. You know, there's always, whenever you go, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, just wait 30 seconds, you'll quickly find out. Like some dude came out and uh, people were booing him that apparently they knew who he was. I had no idea who he was. And I, I'm not going to lie, I really enjoy the bad guys more. So I'm cheering for the guy. I'm the one guy in the crowd cheering for this guy. And then he stops and he yells at me to stop cheering for him because I'm too pathetic. <laughs> uh, it's just funny. So these guys go through the motions. They're wrestling. Everybody's wrestling. It's a good time. We saw some weird stuff. One guy got kicked in the face. He had a bloody nose, not in the sense that nose was pouring out of his nostrils, but nose was pouring out of like the bridge of his nose. I don't know if he took a foot, a knee, a fist, or whatever, but he was bleeding for the bridge. And you could tell that was not supposed to happen because most wrestling promotions now kind of try to prevent blood from happening. So uh, it was like you could tell that both guys were like, what the fuck? Like they were not planning on, you know, they grab each other. You could see they were like talking to each other like, all right, how are we going to end it? We need to end it now. So whatever, they ended it. It was fun. It was a good time. They did have women wrestlers and I have zero problem with women wrestlers. The one thing that is unfortunate for women wrestlers, though, is that um, the rings aren't made for them. Most women are not as big or as tall as men, and so the, the wrestling ring is just disproportionately bigger. And the, the two women, there were two women wrestling in this promotion, were very small. They were probably not even five foot four, probably closer to five feet tall. So there's. You can't throw them against the ring. Like, they're the top of their head's not even hitting the top rope kind of thing. So, it's just, it's awkward. And, and I didn't like what they did, too. They didn't, these women were tag team partners. And as I said, there are no other women. So, they fought dudes. And now I know wrestling is scripted. I know it's all fake. I know this or that or whatever. But they're still, like, you cannot, it's hard for me to spend, to spend, um, uh, put aside disbelief when the two women probably don't even weigh fucking 300 pounds and one one of the guys they wrestled probably weighed 350. So they went through the motions and the, the dudes cheated. The one guy hit a chick in the face with, with a fucking chain. And there you go. Very, very weird. The, the very last match was this guy Kong, God, what the fuck is his name? Kong Congo or something. He's this very large man. Uh, he's African-American. He really plays up on kind of like this uh, African character. He's got the crazy hair. He paints his face. He doesn't have a shirt on. Uh, does he have like a fucking skirt kind of thing? I can't recall about that, but he's just a huge dude. He's got big old titties. He's the kind of guy that he, this guy should be wearing a bra, right? But he's like the monster. He is the, the man that everybody's afraid of in this promotion. And well, they should be. He's a fucking scary, big, fucking large man. And he fought this guy called the Carver. And the Carver wears this fucking terrifying mask. Uh, and he's supposed, to, he's supposed to be like a butcher, a psychotic butcher. He comes out with a fucking axe. And for some reason, he came out with a woman. He had a chain around her neck. Her hands were tied behind her back. Her, her mouth was duct taped. And clearly, this was like a hostage situation kind of thing. And uh, I'm like going, what is wrong with this? Like, I, again, I did not know the backstory. 
But I'm like, why is there this woman kidnapped? She had nothing to do with Kong. Like, I thought maybe he kidnapped Kong's uh, wife or sister or manager or something. But nope, just some strange woman that he kidnapped and was now bringing out to the crowd. And it was no disqualification, no pin match. It was just one of these things where someone had to be, like, knocked out on the ground for a count of ten. Like, they had to get up and walk at some point before they counted ten. So it was just kind of weird. It was a weird match. They were out in the crowd. It was fun. Everybody enjoyed it. I still, I, I still didn't know what the fuck was going on with the woman. Like I was talking with Mike, and Mike's like going, what kind of society are we that we're not even attempting to try to help this lady? And I'm like, you are 100% correct. And Kong didn't give a shit. Kong was like, yeah, you can keep her. I don't know. I'm just going to beat the shit out of you. So it was a fun night. Very low-level wrestling. But uh, would I go back again? Yeah, probably. I would probably go back again. It was fun. It was fun. The next day I had to drive six hours. Six motherfucking hours. Have any of you driven six motherfucking hours for wrestling? If you did, you're a hardcore wrestling fan. I'm not even a hardcore wrestling fan. I just enjoy it. And I enjoy the city of Louisville. So drove down there. Thank God, no problems. Check into the hotel. Go get myself some Zaxby's, everybody. God damn, I love Zaxby's. It's a chicken joint that only seemingly is available down south. So I was super grateful that Louisville had one. I ate it. It was good. Got the chicken, the kicking chicken sandwich, which uh, I remember uh, being more smothered with the kicking sauce than what I was provided. But uh, whatever, it's all good. It's just a, a chicken sandwich on like a Texas toast kind of thing. It's good shit. It's good shit. So I get to the venue, and it is in kind of like this, an industrial park. And But like I said, it was there was a line out the door when I got there. But once they opened the door, the line moved very smoothly, very quickly. We get in. Uh, my friend, she was there. She was selling merch. Uh, so I bought a T-shirt for OVW. You know, I like to support. Again, I find these guys are very much like comedians. They're just trying to earn their way, so I'm just trying to support the comedians and support the, 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 the venue, the promotion. And uh, there were no, like I said, no bad seats. And I asked Becky, the woman that I know works, I was like, what's the best place to sit? And she's like, you sit on this side because that's where the camera is and that's where all of the wrestlers will play to it, you know, so that, you know, they'll cheer and chant and whatever towards the camera. So I'm like, that makes fucking a lot of fucking sense. So uh, it was great. It was a ton of fun. Um, the, the caliber of wrestlers was, was much higher. These were guys who were doing some high-flying stuff. Much more um, muscular gentlemen, bigger guys. The, the characters were better developed. It was a whole lot of fun. Although at one point, somehow I managed to drop my phone... And my phone thought it was a Super Bowl because it was much farther away than I would have thought it would have been because I kept searching for it under the chair and it was, I was unable to find it. And it wasn't until the person sitting next to me was like, is that your phone? And it was in front, under a chair in front of me about like three feet away from where I would have dropped it. And I was like, what the fuck? But thank God, right? Thank God we found it because I'm like going, what a fucking pain in the ass if I hadn't found it. Right? Like, I wouldn't be able to call anybody, text anybody, fucking GPS on my phone. Like, I don't think I still have my regular GPS in my car. I would have been fucked. Fucked. All the dumb social media shit. 
Everything else, ugh, gross. Just e checking your emails, awful, just awful. But I found it, it was great. And so uh, one of um, the, uh, I think he's technically he's the owner of the promotion. He was a WWE wrestler for a period of time. I remember him more from his time in ECW, the Extreme Championship Wrestling, Al Snow. Now, probably really only hardcore fans or older guys like myself might remember Al. Al's character was pretty weird. He wrote, help me on his forehead, but he did it backwards. So if he was like looking in the mirror, he would see the word help me. And he used to carry around a mannequin head with him. And that, that was the gimmick. That was the shtick of like, he's crazy. And then he would he used to hit people on the head with the fucking uh, mannequin head. It was a goofy character. But my friend Becky brought him out for me to meet. So I talked to him very briefly, shook his hand, got a picture with him. It was super cool. Very nice dude. Uh, will I go back to that promotion? Fuck yeah, I'll go back. Because I really enjoyed Louisville. I might even plan to like spend more time there next time. Just to see the city more and maybe hang out with my friend Becky more. It was super fun. Super fun. Oh, but one of the matches. Um, I had no fucking clue what they were doing. Because they were saying something about there being a chain match. And so there was a chain hanging from the ceiling. So I just thought it was the chain and it was like there were maybe going to be ladders and you reach up, you grab the chain and you could use the chain as like a weapon and beat the shit out of guys, whatever. But what they did is they actually took the ropes of the ring down and replaced them with fucking chains. It essentially was like a chain link fence around. It was very strange. I had never seen that before and it took them a long fucking time. To get that whole thing fucking set. But uh, it was a good match. Good match. A lot of fun. So then I drove back. Sunday morning. Yesterday morning. Six hours back. And there was a promotion happening in Grand Rapids. In the city that I live in. And I did not know about this promotion. Until I had already purchased tickets with the other two promotions. And I'm not going to lie. my my uh, I was not going to go. I wasn't going to go to the show because I'm like, I'm going to be tired. It'll be a long day. I've already gone to two other wrestling promotions. It's a lot of shit. But it is a promotion that I like, IPW. It's the promotion. It's, it's very fun, independence, professional wrestling. And um, some people I know were going to go, and uh, Eric Zane and another uh, couple were going to go. And um, I was like, oh, fuck. All right, I guess, I guess I'm going. Eric Zane bought the ticket. I thought he was buying the ticket and just giving it to me. That motherfucker wanted me to pay him back. That fucker. <laughs> so I got back at like 5. And the uh, the show started at 6. <laughs> so I got home, fed the, fed the dogs, fed the cats, put them all outside. And uh, brought them, let them back in. Should have kept them outside, but whatever. And then uh, I went to the promotion. And it, uh, it was on the north east side of town and actually very close to the ballpark where I work for Dippinots. Very strange. I had no idea this this place was called GR Battletech or something. And uh, it's it's back in kind of, again, another industrial park area. And I had no idea this was back there. It's lit literally two minutes from where I work and I had no clue it was back there. Strange. Um, so I met up with the dudes and um, saw IPW and it was fucking, that was fun too. IPW was a little more put together than uh, AWE, not as good as OVW, but it was a lot of fun. My buddy Josh uh, was the ring announcer, so it was good to see him. 
I actually knew uh, some of the wrestlers from previous promotions, and two of the guys actually were from the Friday Night Show. So I got to see their, their characters change a little bit. It was kind of, it was cool to see. It was nice to see. And then uh, some of the dudes I know from this uh, this faction, this group, or whatever you want to call them, you know, there's always like the bad guys, the Death Threat Army. There were dudes from Death Threat Army. And uh, it was a lot of fun to see. It was nice hanging out with the dudes that I went with. Um, none of them had been to a wrestling promotion show before. So it was cool to see uh, their response. They enjoyed it a whole lot. Again, not, not, not a ton of people there. Maybe, I don't know, 60, 70. And uh, so no matter where you sat, you were like right there. So we were front row. And Eric uh, Zane was, was heckling a lot of the comedians. And they gave him a whole lot of shit. Ton of fun. Definitely would go back to their promotion. Uh, they're going to do something in Muskegon next month. They're fighting on a battleship out there. I don't know. They're calling it a war near the shore or something. War on the shore. It'll be a lot of fun. So am I glad I did it? Yes. Would I do it again? Probably not. Pro just because um, I'm super tired now. I worked 10 hours today. I had to get up pretty early. Uh, it was a long day. I did the, the podcast for another episode podcast. We talked about Back to the Future 3, and it's coming out this Wednesday. So if you guys can go listen to that, I want you to listen to another episode podcast this coming Wednesday uh, where we talk about Back to the Future 3. We play some other games. We talk about my uh, my adventures with Cocktail, the movie Cocktail. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, they actually talked about the movie Cocktail on another episode podcast. And I had gone to watch it on Hulu. I'd never seen it before. I wasn't able to finish it in one time, or one watch, or one viewing. And when I went to go back several days later, Hulu said, Fuck you, Stu, we're not showing this. So I had um, put the word out to listeners of this podcast. My boy John Midgley sent me his DVD. So I have it. But uh, now, uh, someone... And I am only assuming it's a listener of the podcast. I think it's someone from the Patreon. Nobody's owned up to it. Someone is continuously sending me cocktail uh, merchandise and paraphernalia. Now, so now, now, I currently own two DVDs, a Blu-ray, a Laserdisc, a VHS tape, a magnet, a coffee mug, a t-shirt, a CD, a cassette tape, and this is uh, this is the piece de resistance. A book, I guess. Cocktail. They wrote it in a in a book form, but it, it's from Germany, so it's all in German. To, the three things like the um, the T-shirt and the Blu-ray showed up while I was gone this weekend, and then the cassette tape showed up today. <laughs> So someone out there has got a lot of disposable income and they feel the need to make sure that I probably have uh, the world's largest cocktail collection. It's goddamn fucking amazing, everybody. I, I'm not going to lie. I enjoy it a whole lot. I do find it weird at the same time. And I think maybe that's why I do enjoy it because it is fucking weird. So uh, I'm assuming you're listening to this. Thank you, person. I don't know who you are. I have, I have a guess, but I can can neither confirm nor deny. Everybody denies it, so I, I don't really fucking know. So now I have all this shit, and it's something like I can never give it away. 
I can never give this shit away because someone gave it to me and uh, so I need I need to make sure I got to keep it. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Maybe I'll auction it off. I could do that. I could auction it off or something. I don't even know what can continue to happen. Like what, like what other cocktail shit is out there? Unless like I get like a signed autograph of Tom Cruise from the movie Cocktail or Elizabeth Shue or some shit. Matt was joking that one day Tom Cruise will legitimately show up to my door. And that would, that would be fun. I mean, Tom Cruise is a goddamn lunatic, but that would be pretty funny if he showed up. So, but anyway, go listen to another episode podcast. They release new episodes every Wednesday. This Wednesday will be Back to the Future 3. We, t- we play some games. We talk about whether we'd watch it again or not. We do some plugs. I talked about how I have this uh, upcoming uh, filming for a, a feature-length film. I'm just going to be an extra. And I... God, I had to jump through hoops that I don't think I necessarily need to jump hoops through. They're very COVID concerned, COVID conscious, and they just want to make sure everybody's healthy or whatever this or that. And uh, I mean, I got vaccinated, so I I would think that would be enough, but apparently that is not enough for them. So I had to go get tested uh, for it. I I thought filming was happening last week. I got tested last uh, Tuesday because filming I thought was last Wednesday and Thursday, but it's this coming Wednesday and Thursday. So I got tested and uh, I was like, ah, I emailed everyone in charge. I'm like, hey, I'm a fucking moron. I got tested on Tuesday. Is that going to be good enough? And they're like, nope, sorry. So then I talked to the COVID lady. I said, hey, just so you know, the guy at Rite Aid said I wouldn't get my results for three to five days. And, you know, if it came five days after like after I took it, I mean, that would have been Friday. So I'm like, that would defeat the whole purpose of having the test if I wasn't going to get the results back before we started filming. So I made her aware. So she's like, you got to go to CVS. I'm like, all right, I'll fucking go to CVS. And I go, I go to sign up for them. And CVS said that I did not qualify for a free testing but I could pay $139 if I wanted to get one. And I was like, I'm not paying $139 for a test of where I know I don't have COVID because I don't exhibit any symptoms and, and I got the COVID vaccination. I 100% believe that I don't fucking have it. So I tell the people that I'm not going to pay that kind of money for a film where I'm just going to be an extra and Lord knows, maybe I'll just end up on the cutting room floor. I'm not spending $139 for two days of work where I'm getting nothing. So she's like, oh, well, just go back, take it again, and tell them that you're at, you're going to be working in a high-risk area because of the filming. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. So I go, I do it, and it was enough. And so I went, I had the test today. They're like, go to CVS, get it done on Monday. I was like, fuck, okay. So I did, and uh, we'll, we'll see how it comes back. I got the test results back from Rite Aid, and hey, guess what? Your boy is fucking negative. And I'm, I'm not talking just like negative. I'm talking negative for COVID. <laughs> so we got the filming on Wednesday. We got the filming on Thursday. Uh, we'll, we'll see how things go, everybody. We'll see how things go. I, um, my vet had recommended, because I'm having problems with uh, pretty much all my fucking pets right now. It's one huge clusterfuck. And I think a lot of it is the goddamn rain. Um, these goddamn thunderstorms are freaking out my dogs. And uh, the cats are still kind of cautious around each other. And it is, um, it's ungood. 
So the vet recommended that I get the common collars for cow cat because he's peeing in places he shouldn't fucking pee in and for shrimpy cat. So I'm like, all right. So I, I, I got these collars. So like they smell like lavender. You just put it around. You adjust it. So I put it on. Put them on today. Today I put them on. I put the one on cow this morning. And then uh, I wasn't able to corral shrimpy this morning, so I put it on her when I got home today. And so, you know, Cal's had it on all day. I saw him today. He seemed to be fine. Whatever this is that he doesn't, I don't think he likes it. I don't think most animals like having collars on them. But while I was podcasting for another episode of podcast, I saw him. He was out on the porch I can, from this couch that I'm recording on with my Radio Shack tape recorder. I can see the back porch. And I saw him. And he was fine. He was just hanging out on his perch. Uh, but then when it was over, I was going to let the dogs out. I saw that he had managed to take the collar, and he was trying to take it off. But what he did is he managed to wedge it in his mouth, and he wasn't able to get it out of his mouth. So it was kind of like a ball gag, if you can imagine that, everybody. But not, it was more like he had a, a a cloth. Like you've seen movies where they take like a cloth, a T-shirt, a rag, a towel, or whatever, and they tie it in your mouth, and so your mouth is open. And there's not a fucking thing he could do about it. And that's what it was. And he's just fucking sitting there. He's drooling on himself. Clearly he's uncomfortable. He wasn't struggling. So I cut it off of him. And he's just a fucking mess. He's just a fucking mess. All Drooled all over his paws. Drooled all over his like lower jaw and his chest. It was fucking awful. I'm like, what am I going to fucking do with you, man? Because you're freaking the fuck out. This thing is supposed to help calm you down, and you're freaking the fuck out. I got Shrimpy Cat right next to me now. She Again, she doesn't seem to give a shit. But I need Cow to stop pissing in this fucking house. Ugh, I had to throw away the rug that was uh, on the porch because he kept pissing on it. So it's just concrete under it, so... Pee on the fucking concrete, cow, if that's what you're going to do. There's a litter box out there. I put a litter box out there for him. Literally two feet away from where he's pissing. It's all fucking passive-aggressive bullshit. Because I don't think he's very happy that Shrimpy is here. But fucking get used to it, man. Get fucking used to it, you fucker. You motherfucking cat. Ugh. Yep. So last week, I briefly talked about a uh, professional football player, a guy who's defensive end. He plays on the Las Vegas Raiders. It's weird calling the Las Vegas Raiders. I know they've been Oakland. I know they've been L.A. and they went back to Oakland. But now it's just weird calling them Vegas, but whatever. But he came out as gay. He's gay. Oh, fuck, he's gay. Oh, my God, he's gay. Who, who cares? It, it, unfortunately, it's a big thing. I think it's a bigger thing to people in the community in fandom of the NFL than actual NFL players. And maybe I'm wrong, but I would think a football player would be more like, oh, you're gay, but you're still manage managing to score touchdowns or tackle people or whatever. I don't give a fuck. Whatever. Uh, and that was something Bruce Smith, NFL Hall of Famer Bruce Smith, said that there was someone on the Bills team who was gay. He was like, uh, Bruce Smith told TMZ.com that the Bills of the 90s had at least one gay player on the team and that the rest of the team didn't care. We had a gay player in a locker room. I think it was in the mid to late 90s and I think we might have had two, but that wasn't what we were focused on. We were focused on winning games and each and every person that was in the locker room contributing to the goal at hand, which was winning football games. 
none of that other stuff mattered. This was about winning football games and trying to be a good person. And I'm like, yeah, you're 100% right, Bruce. That's a positive attitude to have. I'm not really sure if that's exactly what everybody was thinking back then, but trying to be a good person. I'm sure a lot of people are like, what's up with this fucking fag? Because uh, in the world of alpha males, I think uh, there's a certain level of homoph- homophobia, misogyny, uh, racism that kind of runs a little rampant. Maybe I'm, I'm, maybe I'm incorrect, not necessarily being an alpha male, but I don't think so. But good for Bruce. Good for Brucey Bruce. On my way home yesterday from Louisville, I'm driving up through Indiana, just getting into Michigan, just getting over the fucking border. And I'm coming up on this fucking SUV. And on it, I saw that they had a a Buffalo Bills license plate holder. And I have a Buffalo Bills license plate holder on my car, so I fucking uh, passed her, and then I got in front of her so she could see my Buffalo Bills license plate holder. And then I saw her, like, wave at me. I was like, fuck, yeah, Buffalo Bills for life. For life. And uh, it's not that rare like i wear a lot of buffalo bill stuff like my mask i still wear a mask everybody it's weird when i was walking around today for work i'm like the only one in places wearing masks it's strange no one was wearing a mask at the wrestling promotions either whatever whatever if we're gonna die of covid we're gonna die of covid i guess i suppose but I wear my my baseball hat that I wear as a Bills ma- a hat, and I wear a Bills mask. And so I'll get a lot of people who would tell me they were Bills fans, or they'll ask me where I grew up, whatever this or that. So that's always fun. It's always fun meeting new people. Always fun having that connection. I like it. There's a West Michigan Bills backer group on Facebook. Sadly, I, I seemingly am the guy who kind of like tries to organize shit and as a guy who more or less is an introvert and doesn't particularly fucking want to organize shit like that it just kind of sucks that um, that I have uh, taken charge of shit like that because I'm not the best at it but nobody else was fucking grabbing the reins there always needs to be someone in charge of shit just to fucking at least get shit going and uh, I'm not that fucking guy but I often get thrown into that role. And I think a lot of it is because people see me as, oh, you're a comedian, and you're good at talking in front of people, whatever this, that. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm good at that. Because I just say shit, and then I walk away. Like, I don't really have to interact with anybody. There's a difference. I'm not a social butterfly. I think you'll find a lot of comedians are, are more that way, in that, yes, I, I can get on stage and say stuff, but then I don't want to fucking talk to you afterwards. What happened? Something happened today in Wyoming, Michigan, suburb of the G-Rap. Uh, and this was kind of uh, disturbing. Um, uh, let's see. All right. I'm just going to read it to you because it doesn't make any sense necessarily if I try to describe it on my own. But uh, in, there was an armed robbery involving an Amazon delivery van in Rockford, Michigan. People surrounded a Wyoming home and ended up detaining two people. The robbery was reported about 12.50 p.m. Monday and involved two people wearing masks. There was a gun shown, and the two people allegedly drove the van away. There we go. So that's what happened. They stole the van up in Rockford, and apparently they drove it down to fucking Wyoming. Police soon after showed up at the house at the 2600 block of Riley Avenue, just northwest of the intersection of Clyde Park and 28th Street. Yeah, that's not the best of area, Clyde Park and 28th. 
Grand Rapids police assisted by bringing an armored truck and police and tactical gear eventually entered the house using a search warrant. Wyoming police said two people were staying in connection with the robbery and they were turned over to Rockford police. What do you think's going to happen? You're stealing a fucking Amazon van, you fucking idiot. Uh, Amazon vans, for those who don't know, don't steal one because there's nothing but GPS trackers all over that motherfucker. That's often a complaint with um, G- uh, Amazon drivers because there's so much fucking, uh, essentially, Big Brother looking over you. Like, they know everything that you're doing with that fucking van. They know if you're braking too hard. They know if you're turning left hand. They know if you're turning right hand. They fucking know everything. So if you want to steal a truck, everybody, do not steal a goddamn Amazon truck. And those things, fuck, how do you fucking hide one? These big blue fucking trucks that say Amazon all over it. How are you fucking hiding that? So unless you get a big ass fucking garage, you can't fucking hide one of those things. Jesus. The best thing if you did do something like that is fucking drive it to somewhere else, unload fucking the packages into a, a different truck, and then you drive off and leave that fucking van there, man. Do not fucking take an Amazon. I, I'm trying to help you. If you're a thief, I'm trying to help you. This is how you should do it. <laughs> fucking this is how you should do it. You, you fucking you steal it, and then you drive it somewhere else to a, a second place, and then you unload shit. But then how do you even know what's in the fucking thing? How do you even know if any, there's worth a goddamn thing? Fuck, today I got a, a shipment from Amazon that was fucking underwear. Do you want to go to fucking prison because you stole Stu McAllister's underwear? Probably not. I don't think you should. That's got to be pretty scary for an Amazon driver, too, though. Of like, I'm just trying to fucking do this. You're used to having Amazon packages stolen off of porches, not fucking have Amazon trucks stolen. You're probably better off just stealing shit off a porch than from a goddamn truck. Again, GPS, motherfuckers. GPS. I would never want to work for Amazon, and hence me turning down that Amazon driving job. All right, everybody, that's it. I'm done. Unless you're an Amazon driver, I do want to hear from you. Tell me. Uh, Tell me your experiences working for Amazon. Tell me, like, if you were going to steal an Amazon truck, if that's a good idea or a bad idea. I just see it as being bad. Uh, it's going to storm here pretty soon again. Uh, just all of a sudden got really dark, and not because it's nighttime, but because uh, storm clouds are coming. So that's it. You guys were great. I appreciate it. If you guys can do me a couple things, consider subscribing to the Patreon. The Patreon is just this bullshit. It's the same bullshit, just more of this bullshit. So if you like this bullshit, you'll like that bullshit. It's all fucking bullshit. Five bucks a month, that's all it is. One less cup of Starbucks coffee, one less Big Mac. Uh, that's about it. I already mentioned another episode podcast. Please go follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Listen to their new episodes every Wednesday on your favorite podcast platform. My boy Adam House and his paramour, his wifey wife, Stephanie Booms. I guess she's officially Stephanie House now. Those two do a little uh, Facebook page called The Sunday Slaw. They do Facebook Lives of themselves eating coleslaw, and they give you the A or the nay. They've been having some guests on. I was a guest on a couple weeks ago. It's a lot of fun. If you like coleslaw, check them out. Let them know where they can get some good coleslaw, too. If if you happen to live on the east side of Michigan, because that's where they live. They live in Macomb County, I believe. 
So go give that page a like. Then like another page. Go like the whole thing. Donut Shop in 40 Texas. Gourmet Dornuts. Gourmet. Did I say Dornuts? Gourmet Dornuts. <laughs> Please go like their page. If you ever happen to go to Dallas, go actually go to the Donut Shop because that's where they are. They're a suburb of Dallas. Forney, Texas. Go hit that like button. Then go check out Blissful Cravings, Crafts, and Gifts. Not donuts, but you can get yourself some brownies, some chocolate bombs, uh, face mask coasters, uh, all sorts of good shit. I got a coffee mug from them for the podcast. So please go check out Blissful Cravings, Crafts, and Gifts. See what she's got for sale. Message her. Buy something from her. And then, hey, if you got something else you want, message her and say, hey, can you do this? She probably can. Whoa! Shrimpy! Shrimpy, why are you being so bad to cow? Maybe you're the bad one, Shrimpy Dimpy. You need to relax. Cow's a good boy. Um, And then, uh, what else? Oh, my boy John Midgley. He's the one who started all this cocktail nonsense. John's got a magic page. It's Magic JB, and he just was up in New York City. He actually, he messaged me, um, I think on Friday, maybe Saturday, and he's like, hey, man, I know you really downplay your job working for Dippin' Dots. Uh, and I know you say it's just kind of driving, but he's like, I drove 16 hours today, and he's like, never again. And I'm like, yeah, I know, man. It's it's uh, not the easiest thing. It's not for everybody. I totally get it. It's not. It is not a lot of fun, but you do what you need to do. But he's got a magic page. He's a very talented magician. Go check it out, Magic JBM. And uh, there we go. That's it. Do all those things. Consider subscribing to the Patreon. Uh, go like our social media pages, Twitter, Facebook. And uh, that's it. You guys are wonderful. Stay dry. It's starting to rain like a motherfucker here. God damn it. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good day. We'll see you. Get out.